Hi, this is Steve O'Mooney, and you're listening to another great production on the 4i Radio Network. Don't forget to check out all the other great shows that I'm on, such as All White Tukey, Jedi, Sith, Ewok, Do You Even Brony Bro, Codename Site Omega, Socially Awkward, Longbox Cast, The Idiot Section, and Arcade Bros. Also, don't forget to check out all the other great shows that we have on our network, because we're giving you stuff every single day of the week. You got Appropriate Inappropriate. You got Your Majesty's Secret Podcast, The Fro Show, 12A Production, Straight Out of Austin, and so much more every day of the week to help you get by your workday. So go ahead, check us out, subscribe. Don't forget to check out other weird shows such as The Underground Railroad, The Ranger Command Power Hour, and other shows. There's so much on this network. We're just we're giving you stuff away for free. We're just giving it away for you for free. So many, okay? So you can't even yell at us for giving you the free funny every day of the week to help you get through those grueling days at work. So do yourself a favor. Click on our like pages on all of our great shows. Check us out. Don't forget to listen to a live show of The Socially Awkward every Friday. And don't forget to keep up on the funny with every show every day of the week. Come on. What else do you got to lose? Who can you trust? If you can't trust the government, you can trust me, Steve-O. Because I'm the best person you could trust. So go ahead. Check out www.4iradio.com and check out all of our great shows on the network. So many. Do it right now. Do yourself a favor and do it right now. Come on. You got nothing else going on at work? Might as well just listen to some funny. Boom. We got you covered. Lates. That's right, kids. This is your good pal, Steve-O, from 4i Radio Network. I'm here to talk about a great person. Now, think about it. Who are you going to call when your logo looks like shit? You want a kick-ass logo. You want people to see your logo and go, you know what? That's an awesome logo. I wonder who did that logo. Well, I'll tell you who could do your logos for you. Check out Raven Designs. Special care of your work. Special inquiries? Check her out. She's got everything. Ravencruise.com is the place to go because you want a kick-ass logo. You want to stand above the rest. I guarantee it. You hear this song in the background? You know these guys have a kick-ass logo. It's a recognizable logo. And I guarantee it if Raven was back in that time period, she probably would have made it for them. And they would have been like, hells yeah, people know who we are because we got Raven Designs behind us. Check out RavenCruise.com if you want a kick-ass logo for business cards. Maybe you want to put it on a car. These guys did. Maybe you want to put it uh, on your building. You want something kick-ass. You want something that people can see and just go, this is awesome. Check out RavenCruise.com. And you know what? Do it. Do it right now. You got nothing else going on for you right now. Get a kick-ass logo. Check out our artwork, ravencruise.com.
right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode or second episode. I know we take forever to do episodes here at the <laughs> 4i Radio Network, but that's just how, you know, Steve-O runs this thing. But this is another brand new episode of Codename Site Omega. And actually, I have a very special guest host. Um, I don't want to give any of his things away, but he will. He does have, I'll tell you this, he does have a lot of street cred among the... Uh, the network now, but uh, uh, Eric uh, Barry, um, where, what, uh, Eric Barry, what else have you done on this uh, lovely network? Um, well, co-host of the Starfleet Escape podcast, and there's that little thing called Ranger Command Power Hour. Yeah, like I don't know what that <laughs> is, but that thing is catching on like wildfire, right? Yeah, yeah, it's like uh, I know you guys had a bit of a rough start, but you really found your footing now. <laughs> right? <laughs> Just kidding. You guys are doing phenomenal. Oh, thank you. So hopefully I can steal some of your Mighty Morphin Power Rangers listens with this, but I highly doubt it. They'll be like, I'm, Power I'm, Ranger in the movie? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to totally cross-promote this, uh, but, I mean, Power Rangers uh, is from Super Sentai in Japan, which is in the genre of tokusatsu, which Godzilla started tokusatsu, which is the big, uh, basically, catch-all term for in Japan for special effects. Well, there we, there we go. So without, there's the tie-in. <laughs> there's the tie-in, everybody. So there, we did we did have a point to this. Now uh, we both saw Godzilla, the brand new Godzilla, over the uh, weekend. Um, of course, if everybody's been tweeting today or checking their Twitter feed, I couldn't help it. For some strange reason, my iPhone decided to be like, "Hey, remember how you said no notifications? We're going to give you all the notifications <laughs> on stuff that you're not even following." What? So that was fun. Yeah, I don't know. I've been trying to fix my phone. I even sent out a message going like, okay, does anybody know how to shut off these Twitter-like things? I'm like, if it's something that's important to me, great. But these, this is just people retweeting stuff that I'm like, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> um, but, of course, Godzilla knocked it out of the box office this weekend. Um, it's number one pretty much across the board. And then, of course, Legendary Pictures and Warner Brothers have already greenlit a Godzilla sequel. Um, yeah, the, the weekend wasn't even half over, and they're like, all right, sequel time. Well, technically, it's a no-brainer. Um, I did put out a little questionnaire. Um, maybe we'll answer it on the next um, Codename site. Um, Omega, whatever I call this, the Godzilla <laughs> podcast. I can't even remember the name of my podcast. <laughs> this is how the magic happens, Eric, just so you know. Just a little bit behind the scenes. Just a little bit behind the scenes. Um <laughs> Even though I'll be like, we can edit that, and we never will. Uh, <laughs> but of course, I put out a picture. Uh, I put out a uh, tweet saying, like, "Hey, the new Godzilla movie's coming out. Who, what monster would you like to see be brought into the new genre?" And I threw out a bunch of uh, old monsters. Of course, Eric um, Dewey from the other shows on the network. He decided to be a dick and go, uh, "What about <laughs> Sharktopus?" <laughs> I don't think that counts. <laughs> it doesn't count. That's why I just told. I just went Eric dot dot dot. Shut up. Um, but we'll go. We'll go with this. Um, now you've seen the original Godzilla, right? The 1955, I believe. 54. Oh, 54. All right. Yes. Netflix, I, I remember. I was bitching about Netflix too because not only did they put <laughs> Godzilla King of the Monsters, the first one, as the sequel, and they put Godzilla Raids again as the first one because they had the dates mixed up. But not even the dates. They even have it. It was 1955 for Godzilla raids again, which is correct. But then they have for Godzilla is 1956. Oh boo! Yeah. So <laughs> Netflix. I, I've learned Netflix has a bit of a, a bit of a problem with that. So going into this movie, uh, I will say this: bunch of spoilers. We're going to spoil the hell out of this movie. We're going to talk about the good. We're going to talk about the bad, and we're also going to talk about the what the fucks. 
And um, basically, uh, yeah, so if you did not see the movie, if you plan on seeing the movie, <laughs> do stop right now. Just stop. Come back right later. That, I'm, I'm going to drop a big spoiler for you right now. Godzilla's in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, not, he is. <laughs> I'm not bearing the lead on this one. Uh, so right off the bat, your first reaction, it's I actually this was the first movie I've seen in a long time that actually had credits, opening movie credits. Yeah, um I loved the opening credits. I thought the whole sequence was great because it set up that history and it did a little bit of world building, but at the same time I just loved the graphics. I loved the white out of I, yeah, I thought that was fantastic. They were like whiting out like all the stuff, like to be like you know trying to keep everything under wraps. Um, I think they did a very good job by bringing it back to like the very the black and white. Showed all yeah. the testing that was going on, trying to make it feel like oh yeah, we were testing a nuclear bomb kind of thing. And then um, and then it kind of and then it pulls you pretty much right in right off the like basically it gave you the entire backstory you needed to right in the opening credits. And I would say like maybe the yeah. opening credits is about five minutes long at the most, but it's probably even less than that. Right, and I thought the music did a really good job of, like, amping up that tension, and, um, yeah, I would love to watch the credit sequence again, just because I think there was words that they were whiting out that might have had some relevance to the story. It looked like it wasn't just random words, like there was actual sentences in there. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. So of course, when it does come out on the Blu-ray, the DVD, and everything that I am going to be like, of course, annoying me if they come out with this huge collector's box set where you get like your own like Godzilla with it, I'd probably buy that just so I can be like, here's another thing in my apartment that collects <laughs> dust. But um, yeah, I thought the opening sequence was great. Brought me brought you right back to like the very first Godzilla film. So you're like, all right, I'm pumped. And yeah. then um, and then it goes right into it where um, let's see, I'm trying to remember where it starts out. It starts out with them going into the dig site. Yes. Yeah, it's a quarry in the Philippines. Yes. Uh, so they're they're heading to this thing, and now this is with uh, I believe the the you see the chopper goes by and says the monarch on it, which uh, I thought was a great great uh, thing for that because already you're building like oh you know oh are you getting you're touching into like the thing I love about there's a little bit of Easter eggs all over the place. Oh yeah. Uh, in the movie that we'll get to. Uh, but yeah, so basically I'm trying to remember the guy's name. Uh, the um, actual actor. It's... Uh, Ken Watanabe. Ken Watanabe, uh, the actor, yeah. So him and his uh, assistant show up at this dig site, and the guy's basically like, yeah, we were just digging, and all of a sudden the whole thing just collapsed, like the whole cave-in. You see this huge, like, just crater, like massive crater. So they go down there, they put all this, like, stuff on because there's massive radiation. Uh, they head down there, and all of a sudden they're, like, they're looking around this cave, and you see this just huge, huge, like, skeleton structure. Mm -hmm. One guy's like, oh, I've never seen this. There's got to be some kind of fossil and whatnot. Um, so already right off the bat, and this is what this the funny joke I loved about. It, I I made a joke in the movie with it because it literally this takes place in 1999. This yeah. is where this starts, and I go, oh, a year right after the bad one. <laughs> the Godzilla films. I was like, makes sense. Okay, cool. Yeah. They're like, yeah, 1998 didn't happen. Yeah, I think that was their whole point because uh, I know that the director and the creators they wanted to stray away from that as far as as much as possible. Which I think they did a fantastic job with it. Yeah. Um, so, and then basically all you see is uh, they, they find this kind of structure almost, it looks like. Um, it's like attached to the wall, but it looks like it's a living creature. 
and it's just kind of saying it looks like almost like like a lot of people are like oh is it eggs is it like a cocoon is it like uh, now when you saw what do you think like right off the bat a cocoon or eggs or I, I thought I thought it was some kind of cocoon yeah and it's like attach itself to the wall and then you, then the guys look over and you see one that's kind of like split apart like it's yeah. gone it's just I, decimated I guess the first one was dead or fossilized or something yeah I think it was fossilized or um, it wasn't uh, like it wasn't fully operational like a Death Star or something like that because um, <laughs> that's the one like this is that's the one where I made the joke later on where it basically it's not dead but we certainly learn that later but then what I like is like you see this huge just massive like like um, basically kind of like it kind of like uh, almost like kind of pulled itself out of somewhere Right. And then just kind of like huge crater into this mountain, and it just has this track of like just going into the sea, and then it's like gone. Right. And then, um, and then we switch to Japan, where uh, Brian Cranston's character um, is with his wife, and um, I thought that was pretty cool because they're in Japan, they're yes. living in Japan, and. Um, I, I think hearing Brian Cranston speak Japanese is kind of awesome. <laughs> that was pretty cool. Like, it makes me just want to be like, I want to just cast Brian Cranston in things where he can speak different languages. Right. Um, hearing him speak Japanese was actually pretty badass. Um, but yeah, so he's on the phone. He's talking about like he's like, there's all these tremors going on. He's like, we might have to shut down the plant. I want to make sure because if it if 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 we don't do this, it's on me basically because right. I'm the guy who's running this. So he's like the American there, and his wife I believe works with him too at this nuclear power plant. And then it's also kind of cool because his son basically is going to school in Japan. So all this kind of stuff is just kind of thrown in where there's like this family man, you know, stuff. It's basically and I made a great joke, and I don't know if this was just a uh, an homage to Breaking Bad, but I'm all like. Things for um, Brian Cranston on his birthday just don't work out for him. <laughs> they don't at all. Um, yeah, I guess his son wanted to throw him like a surprise party, he had the banner all set up, but uh, you know he's just constantly moving, and you know his his work is on his mind, and um, yeah, so yeah, so basically. Completely forgets his own birthday. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing. Because what this is the this is the I'm getting to a what the fuck moment too though. Because they're in the car and he, she mentions he made a banner for him. And he's like, oh my god. And then she's like, it's your birthday. And he's like, oh my god, it's my birthday. And I don't know was that him being sarcastic, right? Or if it was that him actually forgetting about his birthday, even though she just told him it was his birthday. I thought that was a little weird too. I was like, like Matt, wait, because <laughs> I saw I saw with uh, I saw it with Matthew Renfro and also Kyle. Uh -huh. Matthew's wife, and even Matthew and I looked over. I'm like, how the fuck does he? He just deferred it was his birthday. Like, like, so that's that's my first what the fuck moment. I know it's not right. like a thing. It's probably not a big deal or anything that. If the fact if Brian Cranston was trying to be sarcastic in that part, he, he told he, it. He knows how to be sarcastic, but apparently he told it so well that I believed it, which I was offended because I majored in sarcasm. So I don't even know who I am anymore. I didn't pick up on that. This um, this movie is changing your perspective on a lot of things. On everything, birthdays, uh, sarcasm, <laughs> you know, the Philippines, big, everything. Big giant monsters. Big, no. Well, I've always believed in those, but. <laughs> so, so basically, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, shit goes down at the plant. Um, the tremors, and I guess the these tremors, there was this pattern that follows yeah. them, which becomes really important later on in the film. And all of a sudden, it starts ramping up, and he actually sends his wife down to inside the plant to kind of check things out. 
and um, and then shit just unleashes. Shit just spirals out of control. So basically, like. Uh, things are going out there to have to evacuate, but he's like, there's people down there, but they're like, oh, we got to shut the doors. He's like, I'm getting down there, I'll manual override it. He's like, as soon as they're through, I'll manual override this thing. And it's like, it's pretty intense. Like, even what they showed in the trailer, like, it was more intense, I felt, like, in the movie theater than it was, because the trailer seemed like it was really quick. This right. one, it was just like that prolong of just like, you see them run, running down the hallway, They tr one of them trips, one of them gets hit with, like, all this gas. It's basically just coming in this radiation, and you literally just see Brian Cranston just sitting at this doorway, just, like, waiting. And it seems like forever. It's and intense. It's intense. Like, he's just sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting, and then finally it's just all, like, he just sees the smoke come. Like, he doesn't yeah. see any form of life coming, basically. He just sees the radiation coming, and then he has to shut that door. And as soon as he does it, he's like, you can see he's crying. He's like, you know, holy shit, my wife is basically dead. Everybody's, like, dead oh, in there. And then he hears that pounding yes. on the glass. Oh. Jesus. My God, yeah. Even when I heard that, I was just like, oh. God, man, Godzilla. <laughs> this Godzilla movie really just like kind of it really tugs at your heartstrings in this movie. I will say oh, that. Yeah. Like it's a pretty like as much as you're like oh big giant lizard, it does have some emotional depth to it, which I actually thought played really well into the movie. Yeah, so basically, and, yeah. Well, one of my friends on Facebook actually said, "Oh, I could have actually done without all the human stuff and just had 90 minutes of Godzilla." But then, like, then you lose any human connection to, to the monster. You lose well, any type of story from our perspective. I, I, I am actually going to touch upon that because <laughs> okay. I, I did have an issue with that, but when I get to the part where we need to talk about that, we'll talk about Because even okay. I said, okay, now the movie is two hours long. Yeah. And I will say you could have shaved off about 30 minutes, I felt. Um, and it would have yeah. to do with a bunch of the kind of human bullshit, but we're, we're going to get into that. <laughs> okay. um, like, don't get me wrong. I love the human aspect. I'm glad. I mean, that's how I felt with the first Transformers. As much as everyone's all like, they hate um, Shia LaBeouf. I'm like, but he he gave you that human interaction. Don't get me wrong. I could have had 90 minutes of robots just beating the crap out of each other. Right. But if you want a little bit of humanity in there, you got to throw, you know, Sam Witwicky, you know, into it. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, so that whole shit happens. And then I believe it's like what? It says like 15 years later? It's 15 years later. So now it's current 2014. Here we are. Uh, we find out now. This is the biggest problem I had. Here's another what the fuck moment. I okay. had no idea what his what uh, the son the his son's name. Uh, Brian Cranston's uh, uh, Brian Cranston's son. Uh, I forget <laughs> what his name was. I couldn't figure out his actual kid's name or his wife's name. <laughs> well, I I I knew that his wife's name was L, um, but and she said her son's name a few times, which was Sam. But his name is Ford, and their last name is Brody. So, Brody. Yeah. And then... Brody. <laughs> what's up, bro? Yeah, what's and up, then Brody? Brian Cranston was Joe Brody. Yeah, Joe Brody. Like, I remember Joe, but it was like, basically, you got to a certain point where I was all like, okay, is the kid named Sam? Is the wife named Sam? Is the kid <laughs> named Al? Is the girl named Al? Like, I couldn't... Like, is it short for Allison? Like, I had no idea until, like, at the end of the movie where I'm like, oh, that's what their names are. Like, right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's 15 years later, and then you find out that um, Ford is was in the military, and he's on leave right now, so he's coming home to visit... Um, uh, specifically... Specifically, yeah. an explosive ordnance disposal officer. Oh, yes, I forgot that. Yeah, I was wondering why they really touched upon that in the beginning of the movie. It's like, oh, you, you just fiddle around with bombs. He's like, no, did you ever see the Hurt Locker? 
<laughs> I'm what Hawkeye was. I would have just summed it up like that. Yeah. <laughs> and they live in San Francisco. San Francisco, which actually, uh, if I'm not mistaken, has been the first time Godzilla has attacked San Francisco. Because last movie, or the movie we don't speak of, it's like Voldemort, <laughs> the movie we shall not speak of, I believe he attacked New York. Yes, um, yes. So he comes in, he talks to his uh, wife, everything's going well, he's home for a bit, it looks like it's his, again, every time on these the Ford's birthdays, nothing goes well. <laughs> and he gets and, his phone. Right, and that's the thing, he just got home from like 14 months duty. Yes, of duty. And then the phone rings. Phone rings. <laughs> Uh, Elle picks up and she's all like, "Oh, okay, I'll let him know." Or what? Nice. She's like, "It's it's for you." And then he's all like talking, and you find out that his father Joe is in jail in Japan. So he never left Japan. Joe, Joe right. is still he's been in Japan since the accident and everything happened, basically. Yeah, and apparently he was arrested for trespassing in the quarantine area quarantine or the zone, the Q zone. The Q zone, which I am gonna, we're gonna, when we get to that, we, I have, I have some theories about that area, as okay. well. Um, so basically, he has to go like shit, gets all his stuff together. Basically, kind of tells her like, I've kind of had this falling out with my father because he became obsessed, basically, mm-hmm. with this thing and everything. And he's like, you just gotta let it go. It's like I know it hurts. She's not coming back, and you, you, you just have to let it go. You just gotta go because he, you know, he's a little kid, so all he thought it was was just an accident happened at the plant. But of right. course. When you finally go to Japan, which I thought was really funny, where he's sitting there in the lockup and that Japanese kid comes out and you just see the Japanese parents get up and they're like, I'm just like yelling at that like punk teenager kid. I was all like, that's pretty funny. Um, So yeah, then he finds him in lockup and then he's like, all right, let's take you back to your place. So you basically, and you can see like, you saw like Brian Cranston Joe in the beginning, like 15 years ago, and he looked good. You see him now and he just looks haggard. Like he's just a straight up like mess. Like, just, he's basically just doesn't care anymore. Like, he's right. just a man who's just lost everything. Well, n- not only that, I think it's it's his obsession with finding out what happened at the plant that that's all he cares about. He doesn't care about taking care of himself or apparently his apartment. Yeah, and the, yeah. So you get to his apartment, and basically, like you could have basically you could have opened a apartment scene like this in any other movie, and right off the bat, you're like, he's a serial killer, right? <laughs> uh, but he comes walking in, and you see everything's just plastered with all the news stories, all the um, you know events, the all his uh, diagrams and everything like that, and like he's his son's like basically like, come on, hey, we can go back home. Uh, you can see uh, the and he's like, oh, how old is Sam now? Is he like three? Four or something like that. He's like he's seven, Dad. Like he's or he's he's almost five. That's yeah. Weird. He's almost five. That was it. Yeah. And his dad's just like he doesn't even know anymore. Right. Um, so he's looking around his apartment. And he can just see just like all this just obsession, just like you know, like basically that whole you know like strings are tied on to things, and <laughs> moving like all this conspiracy stuff just like piled into this one. And Japan's apartments aren't that big, so you can imagine. And, yeah. This 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 was wall to wall of yes. just conspiracy stuff. Just everything, and then his, uh, his well, dad is. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. His uh, his son kind of starts picking up books, and he picks up this one book on echolocation. Yeah, and Brian Cranston's like, he's like, oh no no, put put that down. You know, I have everything in my place. And so he's like, hey, you can sleep here. Then mm-hmm. when he gets up in the morning, um, uh, Ford gets up in the morning because he's awoken because his dad's on the phone on the computer. And he's like, "Hey, Dad, what, what, what's going on?" Yeah, he just hears him just like speaking like 
Japanese. He's just like, oh, don't, 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 don't. and then after all this, just like, don't make a couple. Which I thought was like, yeah, I, I knew that one. Everything else, I have no idea. Um, so then basically, Joe explains to his son, um, he's like saying, like, look, I had a guy go out there, he put something in the water, kind of do this echolocation thing, and he's all like, something was talking, but then something was talking back. So right off the bat, when you hear that, you're like, okay, it's this, it's whatever it's whatever creature that escaped in the Philippines, right. and then right off the bat, we're like, it's Godzilla. Godzilla's talking back. Ha ha! Godzilla's like, hey, what's going on? <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna go so, hit that cave or something, bro. <laughs> so and then his son basically just kind of loses it at that point. Just be like, you need to stop. Like you need to get your shit together. Like there's, in and then literally like you see him like like basically almost breaking down, almost getting to tears, and then his. Again, his dad's just like, I'm going back. Like, totally disregards everything his son is saying, just all like, right. we have to go back. What, there's, there's, there's something there. So they all suit up because apparently the place that's the quarantine zone is still uh, radioactive, the whole area. Right, and when they get there, I thought it was great because now we're starting, obviously this isn't our world, but um, to see you know, a city be completely abandoned. I thought they did an amazing job with showing the overgrowth and showing just everything where it was the day that that happened and everyone just evacuated. Yes, and it, it's it's funny because we're in the theater, they show up, they're doing their thing, they're walking around, all of a sudden like, I look over at uh, my brother, I was all like, guess what this place is? And he's like, what? I'm like, Monster Island. <laughs> I guarantee you this is going to be the Monster Island. I go, everything is deserted now, everything is gone. And I was hopefully, hopefully, because I could get some street cred then, I was hoping there would be a sign that said, code name, Site Omega, because that was one of the names <laughs> they used yeah. for Monster Island in one of the films. So that, that's just my, one, that's my Easter egg theory uh, right there, is uh, that, that place is going to become Monster Island. That would be incredible. And I, I, I hope they do something like that. Um, that would be awesome. But yeah, this uh, this Q zone. They go into it, and then uh, Brian Cranston's character Joe he doesn't see anything on the Geiger counter, and he oh. just oh well. Not even that. You see the dogs. The dogs go right oh, by. Yeah, yeah. The packs of wild dogs. And you're just sitting there going like, well, if the whole place is radioactive, like, how are these like? Wouldn't they be like mutant dogs or <laughs> right. something? So right off the bat, yeah, he pulls out his thing and then just like rips off his mask. And, and it sounds like, whoa, what are you doing? And yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it's clean. It's clean. Yeah, it's clean. So already then everybody everybody in the theater I know was like, what the hell then? <laughs> right. Why, why, why would you close this place down then? And so the reason that they're going back into the Q zone is because um, uh, Joe needs his old research that was left at their old house. Yes. And that is the research that he needs to prove that basically he's not crazy. And yes. and that, I, that's that's a huge point right there. Um, that was a huge point. Um, so they do get to the house. They find his disc, which this is where my other what-the-fuck moment happens. And I go, really? Who has a zip disk drive anymore? But... <laughs> well, here's here's the thing. I saw I saw the zip disks, which were totally appropriate for 1999. Yeah, I will give them that. Yeah, those were a thing because um, I went to college from 2000 to 2003, and in 2000 I had zip disks. 
No, I, I did too. I, I remember did too. those. But what I meant was, it's so many years now, he's got his research back front, and he's like, ah, oh, it's all on zip disk, but I'm all like, who the fuck even owns one of these things anymore? And then it happened later on, where you, I'm like, really? Who had that? Like, was it in storage? Did they contact the people from 1998 movie? Like, what happened? <laughs> so that was, my, that was my second what the fuck moment. But, I, yeah, it's like, it couldn't have been on CDs or something. Like. Yeah, something that was like, you know, that was be easy. But then again, I guess it makes sense because obviously Zip Disk, which now I want to I post this question to the Mythbusters. Can Zip Disk hold up <laughs> with a radio... Uh, with a, with, with radio, radio activity. Yeah, with radio activity. <laughs> well, those plastic cases were really durable, so maybe. Okay. <laughs> maybe. So, and then he even said uh, before they went back to the house, he's like, I didn't have time to even go back to the house. I didn't even get right. a chance to grab a picture. So he does grab a picture of his wife, him, and his uh, his kid at that time. So, Easter, Easter egg, don't know if you caught it. When they were in the house... They go by. They do a panning shot of this aquarium, mm. and it says "moth," like in like in tape. And then whatever the brand of tank name is, it's covering up, so it says "mothra." Yes. Yes, that was that, there was that little Easter egg which I thought was really nice. They actually did a lot of things with moth in this movie. Uh, even in the very beginning, when they're in, uh, he's in the school, the kid. Yes. Uh, you look over and they're talking about all the metamorphosis and stuff like that. So right off the bat, like you're thinking, like I know there's another monster in this movie. Is it going to be Mothra? Like everybody was like contemplating that as right. well. Uh, spoilers. No, it's fucking not. So. <laughs> <laughs> but um, one thing one of my friends pointed out, uh, he said that the patterns, because they, they were talking about moths and stuff in that classroom. Apparently, yes. on the diagram, one of the moth wings has the same pattern that Mothra does. Yes. Yeah, so definitely check those out, people. Go back and see it again and check out all the Easter eggs. Basically, you should take this with you into the theater. This will be your weird kind of commentary to the movie, <laughs> uh, which I actually am looking forward to doing when it does come out on Blu-ray, just to be like, oh, yeah, that, oh, no, that. Um, that's if people even like commentaries <laughs> done by me. So anyways, they get their shit. They're about to leave, and sure enough, what happens? They see a helicopter go over. So they so they all hide, and they all you know get in their covers and stuff. But sure enough, military pulls up, and it's all Japanese. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how to speak Japan. <laughs> Japanese, so... Um, you're taken away. No, no offense to any of our Japanese listeners. Yeah, yeah, no offense, no offense. Um, I, don't, so, I don't want to be the dick. Right. But yeah, the, so they're taken to the, the secret facility that was built around the power plant ruins. The power plant ruins, yes. Um, as soon as they get there, uh, of course, uh, uh, Ford is left in the truck. Right. And next thing you know, uh, Brian Cranston is basically in this room, just like ranting and raving. Um, and of course, while this is going on, you have um, the main guy who's apparently a head of a MUTO. Um, he is uh, him and his research partner. They're in this lab kind of thing, and they're all kind of so basically. It looks like the the plant is still working, even though it's dead. Like like no one's like really doing there for plant work. Like, it's right. like, it looks like a fully operational, like, basically nuclear power plant, but, like, n not for any source of, like, actual energy or anything like that. It's for basically, like, almost like a containment unit. Um, yes. So he leaves, runs down there because all of a sudden they're saying, like, this guy was here. This guy worked here when this oh, happened. 
and great speech from uh, Brian Cranston, uh, Joe, about I need to know the truth. My wife died here. Like that whole that whole section that his rant oh, yeah. was really powerful. And um, you know the the doctor and his assistant, um, uh, Doctor Sarah Zawa, who yes. is named after a character in the original 1954 movie. Yeah, I was waiting for a Steve Martin character to show up. <laughs> no, sadly he did not. Um, yeah. But uh, but he's convinced because he's the doctor's starting to see all the research, and he's like, "Wait, this is the same pattern yes. that we've been seeing this whole time." Mm-hmm. And yeah, like yeah, okay. um, yeah, no, no, yeah, exactly what you were saying. Yeah, he he's looking over like Brian Cranston's notes and all the stuff that's basically happening right now. Like everything's pretty much exactly in the same kind of timeline. Everything is fitting up correctly. And even Brian Cranston, he's like, if I if my research is still on those discs, I just need to look at them to prove because I can show you this happened 15 years ago. So already they pull him in. Uh, they start talking about everything. You know, no, they don't pull him in. Like they leave him there because all of a sudden shit starts going down at the plant. Yes. And uh, we come to find out um, they go to their massive control room, and apparently there's this chrysalis that's around the main reactor of this plant. And for the past 15 years, that that was the thing that originally attacked the plant, and now it's in this cocoon phase. And it's been sucking the radiation and the power from this plant. Yeah, so basically, like they said, like they start going into like this thing basically tunneled its way under here 15 years ago, and it basically feeds off of radiation. Um, and then they were like, well, why did you keep it alive? Why are you doing these? Like, well, we're hopefully, like, of course, everybody, we could study it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they go ahead and they start doing something. All of a sudden, then it starts basically, it starts glowing. It starts, looks like it's like glowing. It looks like it's about to hatch. It's about to come out of cocoons so already. They're like, let's shut this down. Shut it down. Shut it down. So they shut everything down. Uh, they get everything going. And the thing that I was just all like, all right, we're going to send this one guy up there to make sure it's okay. And you know that guy, this was his first day or his <laughs> last day. Like He's like, oh, after this day, I'm retired. I'm retired. <laughs> I can live my life on the coast of uh, Hawaii. Everything's going to be grand for me. It was not. No. Um, he gets up there, and basically you see this little, like you could see this head in there, and it's just kind of like, slowly moving around, and all of a sudden he kind of looks up, and the guy just screams, and this thing just comes flying out at him. Now, um, I would describe this, like, I don't know what you would call this creature. I know they called it Muto in the movie. Which uh, stands but, for Massive Unidentified Terrestrial Organism. Yes. Um, They're also following a uh, uh, code name Cytomega on Twitter, so... Check that out. Hey. Got some street cred there. Um, <laughs> but yes, but uh, looking at it, I know it's like an insect base, but what would you like combine it with, like insect-wise? Because it looked like a God. bunch of different insects. Yeah, I mean, uh, they, they go on to explain there. It's like this really, all these creatures are really ancient and they feed off uh, radiation, but I don't know. It was kind of like a... It almost reminded me of the bugs in Starship Troopers. Yes, actually, with, now that you mention that. With with that, like, mandible, like that vertical mandible thing? Yeah, that vertical mandible. But, like, me, when I saw it, I was like, okay, it looks like it's got, like, a cockroach feel to it because it's kind of got, <laughs> like, that hard shell and it could fly. Um, then it also has kind of, like, almost like a praying mantis kind of walk to it. 
And then, yeah, and with, then it, with, with the legs, yeah. Yeah, with the legs and stuff. And then it was just like, to me, it seemed like three different like insects combined into one uh, to make this thing. And then all of a sudden, it had like it could do echolocation like a bat. So it's all like, yeah. <laughs> I, I, like, don't get me wrong. The creature was pretty good looking. And everything that was, yeah. it was nice to see something new in a Godzilla film because I did right. mention that when people were like, "Oh, Mothra is going to be in it." And I, when I did the first episode, I was like, "I'd like to see a new monster." I really would. Just give us something new yeah. because basically you don't really need to give it that much of a backstory. You can just be like, here's something new. You don't have to be all like – because if you throw in an old monster, you're going to have to give that backstory of that monster or all of us Godzilla fans are going to be like, what the fuck? You barely touched upon that thing. <laughs> so, and it also kind of reminded me uh, – do you remember the movie Cloverfield? Yes. It, it kind of had like – well, remind me the, the thing's knuckles. Yeah, like, like where it stepped and everything like that. Yeah, it, how it walked. It really reminded me of Cloverfield Monster. That's the only problem I was having with that is I'm like, does do, do us Americans only know how to construct these weird? Uh, <laughs> like basically, we saw J.J. Abrams monsters. We're like, that's the model. That's what we have to go off of. I'm like, do something new. Do something new. I'm just saying, just try I, I, something I, different. I did like that it was it was different enough, but the the yeah. leg, the leg thing really reminded me of Cloverfield. Especially yeah, with that no, monster. I, I even said that too, even coming back. I was like, well, and to be honest though, if that was the monster that was in Cloverfield, I probably would have been a little bit more happy with Cloverfield. <laughs> right. I thought, when you see the monster from Cloverfield, it looked like an alien had sex with broccoli. That's what it looked like. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it wasn't the best. <laughs> it wasn't the best. Um, so all of a sudden, this thing just basically goes ape shit. Uh, it starts trying to break out. Um, they basically tied everything down around it too. They try to even like kill it with electricity. Yeah, which that's not going to happen. <laughs> and then it turns out like the thing can send out, was it an EMP? Yes. It is, every time it steps down, it can release this massive EMP burst. So, like, and then so everything just shuts down. Like, within, like, I would say, like, what, a good, like, uh, probably even more than 100 feet, like 1,000 feet or something like that, because it can it pretty much shut down an entire town at one point. So. Um, it's got yeah. a pretty big range. <laughs> yeah, and they they even say later on in the movie that uh, the monster has a sphere of influence, and I think that's what they were referring to is that EMP kind of radius that that goes around it. Because every time it stomped down, or it did like some charged effect and it stomped yes. down, it unleashed this EMP burst, which I thought was really cool. And the monster, the Mudo uses that several times throughout the movie, and I think it's a great effect. No, I think it's so, too, because it shows basically how unprepared we are for this thing. Because oh, it, yeah. just, it just estimated everything. It's like planes, cars, boats, like everything that we rely Flash, on. To flashlights, much, like everything. Everything we rely on to pretty much destroy this thing. It's just like, boom, you're out. It's basically rock, <laughs> paper, rock. Rock every time. Rock every time, bitch. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then um, uh, what surprised me is that, um, you know, Joe breaks out because the EM EMP blast, the EMP it, blast. Released, it released the magnetic lock on the door. So he was able to escape, and he's just trying to find his son. He's just trying to get out of there. Yeah, and he's his, looking... son, his son's, like, trapped in that, <laughs> that yeah, entertainment car that the whole vehicle. Time. And basically, okay, so basically he's trapped in a vehicle. Things are going haywire. His, uh, Brian Cranston's character, Joe, is basically, like, people are running past him. He's going the opposite direction because he's trying to find his son. Uh, the car flips over, like, knocks out um, 
knocks it over and basically busts him out so he's able to get the hell out of there, which in good timing because I believe that whole thing just goes flying down this, like, basically canyon thing where the creature was locked into. Uh, yeah. And then all of a sudden you see basically Joe on this bridge that was hit and the bridge just goes down. Yeah. And it's like, holy crap. And then it cuts to basically the next morning. You see, like, bodies all over the place, people, like, recovering. Everything's going on. Basically, this creature flies off in the night, so it's it's mm-hmm. gone. We're like, okay, we're screwed. Then American Melody shows up basically going like, <laughs> Japan, you don't know how to do anything. We're going to step in. Right off the bat, I'm just going to say this. No. Because uh, I, I, this is my other theory. If If they never got involved at all, Things would have been a lot less worse for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, here's the thing, but but we end up we end up finding out in the movie that um, the American military has known about the existence of Godzilla since 1954, which is a nod to the original release date of the movie. Yes. and we accidentally awoken him with our first nuclear sub, which in the movie they call the Nautilus. Mm. Which is another kind of nod to Twenty Thousand Leagues. Um, yeah, they got a lot of good stuff in this one. <laughs> yeah. So um, we inadvertently woke up Godzilla, mm-hmm. and it turns out that the sequence that we saw in the beginning opening sequence, it was all of our attempts to destroy Godzilla, and just masking them as nuclear tests in the nuclear Pacific. Test, yeah. Um, so basically what ends up happening is you find out uh, Brian Cranston, which I was very surprised with. Uh, Me too. Who was a, he was a big, big Bill name in this movie. Big surprise to people. Huge spoiler. So if you didn't stop listening at the beginning, <laughs> still stop listening now. now. <laughs> stop now because this is a huge spoiler. Uh, Joe, Brian Cranston's character, dies within the first, I would say, 45 minutes movie. He's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's the first 45 minutes. Yeah. He is gone, and I was even like, he's coming back, right? And then they do the zip-up body back thing. I'm like, oh, this is a this is a joke, right? <laughs> as as soon as I saw the body bags that got zipped up, I was like, wait, you're kidding me? This can't be happening. I was like, how much did they pay you, man? Because you were like, what? I only get to I work on this film for four weeks, and my name's first on the poster. Perfect. Uh, they, they had to have done that to, to get people in, and then that's that's the twist. That's the hook. Well, that's the thing. With Ford, I was looking at Ford going, like, who is this guy? And then I realized it was Kick-Ass, the guy who played Kick-Ass. Wait, that's the same guy? Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> I didn't realize that. Oh, dude, he grew up. Yeah, he did. Oh, man. I did I not... I, I just spoiled it for Eric right here. What? <laughs> that's kick-ass. Yeah, that's kick. It's kick-ass. Yeah, it was freaking ridiculous. Dude bulked up. <laughs> Did you see Kick-Ass too, though? No, no, I d- I haven't seen that. Oh, yet. Okay, that's why. Yeah, Kick-Ass too. He got huge in that one. Oh, okay. But the reason why I didn't recognize him because he has that weird like fro thing going on in that movie. And this, he he had the buzz cut yeah, military buzz cut. thing. So basically, um, his son goes down there because he's like, please tell us anything that your dad knows because he's no longer with us and we need his research. So he's like, right. I, I, he's like, I don't know what to tell you. Basically, the same exact thing happened obviously 15 years ago. And then you start finding out that uh, he's all like, well, we were, we were basically watching these creatures to see what we do. Of course, uh, the guy even says like we were hoping to study it, figure out what it could do. But uh, there might be one thing that can stop this creature. And of course, the military is like, no, no, no. We'll handle this, but he's all like, uh, we, we like to call this thing Godzilla, basically. 
yeah, right off the bat, that's what I like. Right off the bat, it's like, again, they didn't try to hide it. It wasn't like right. he was popping up all over the place. It's like they were just like, no, there's a, there's a big fucking lizard out there that's going <laughs> to fuck some shit up. I just don't know when, but he is. But I really kind of like what he said. He's like, this is basically, Godzilla is basically supposed to bring balance to everything. Yeah. Okay. Is that... outside right now? <laughs> 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 no, no, it was, I don't know, some jackass on like a like really loud scooter or something. That's but fun. anyways, <laughs> um, but so now they're on the USS Saratoga, yes. which is now the their mobile base of operations, and and yeah, they um, yeah, they they go into that explanation that um, the Muto and Godzilla, they're creatures from an earlier time. Probably back into the age of the dinosaurs. Yes. And where in the past the Earth was a lot more radioactive than it is now on the mm-hmm. surface, and that these creatures feed off radiation and radioactive material. And so when the Earth's radiation subsided, they moved underground and they put it in a cryptobiotic state, which in some animals they can induce essentially they can hibernate for however long they need to. Yeah, which I thought was a smart way to put this down because even now it's like, they're like, whoa, uh, oh, oh, all that's left is Godzilla, you know, once we get to the ending part of this movie thing. But you also then think about it like, well, how many more creatures are underground? And this ba- basically you're just like, you just started a franchise with that. Life, you know? <laughs> right. And... And yeah, so it, it was funny that um, now they have to call on Godzilla, and they've been the government's been covering up this whole time, which yes. governments tend to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they failed to kill it with all the nuclear weapon tests that they did. Yes. Now, what I really like about this, though, is the fact that they're all like, so they know about Godzilla, and then they start realizing like Godzilla's going to be basically he's like like the guy said he's going to hunt this thing down. This to him is basically kind of like food source for him. So, right. And what I really liked about it, so it doesn't even get to, like, I think, I'm trying to see, do we even, yeah, we saw a little bit of Godzilla. Nothing major yet. They're on the boat, and you uh, basically Godzilla is going after the Muto that took off flying, and you just see him. He's just in the water, and you see, like, his fins are up. And what I really liked about it is, like, you see the one fin, you see the ne- other fin, and the other thing, you're just like, that's just his back. Like, that's yeah. how big, like, this thing is. But the cool part about Godzilla, and I also always said it, too, I'm like, okay, if you're an animal, you're that huge, you're not really going to just be butching into buildings and stuff like that. It's like, if something's in your way, you're kind of just going to go around it. Dogs do it, cats do it. Like, all animals do that, you know, unless it's exactly. like, oh, can I climb this? Is there food source up there? So he was very, like, chill, this lizard, just like, oh, I'm going to go under you guys. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. One of, one of my favorite shots in the entire movie is when they do that overhead shot and it's the entire American naval fleet that is, like, cruising along with Godzilla. Yes. I thought that was awesome. And that's the thing. Godzilla doesn't care. He's just – he's an animal going after his prey. Yes. And we're just the little, you know, gnats that are around yeah, him, basically. Like, you guys are little – like, we're ants, basically, to this thing. Yeah. And so, basically, what ends up happening is uh, Ford leaves. He gives him any very information because he tells him about the echolocation thing. He was like, yes. He said, my dad said something was talking, and then something was talking back. So, yeah. they're sitting there going, like, okay, whatever. He's like, well, that's all you can do. So, it was like, we're going to get you out of here. We're going to get you back home. 
uh, sorry for your loss, you know, kind of thing. So he gets on a helicopter. He heads over to Hawaii. He's like, basically, I'm hitting, uh, he calls his wife. He's like, uh, dad's dad, basically. Um, he's like, I got a lot to tell you, so just make sure everything is safe. You know, uh, when I get home, we're going to we're gonna evacuate, basically, San Francisco, and we're going to get to a safe area. Yeah. He's all like, but he's like, I'm heading to Hawaii right now. I'm going to catch a flight from uh, their home because uh, they were just leaving Japan, basically. So right. like, all right, so he gets there, and sure enough, as soon as he gets there, um, military well, starts talking about how they tracked down the big Muto monster. Uh, well, all... well, well, that's the thing. When they were on the ship, they said that, oh, there were reports of a Russian submarine that's gone missing. That's right. And what ends up happening is this military team, special forces team, finds the wreckage of the submarine in the middle of the jungle in Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah, was, it's like, yeah. what the hell? Yeah, like, that's what I like. And then, and then the guy like even wipes off like some of this. He's like, what is this stuff? And then literally you look up, and what I like about it is like the monster's huge. This yeah. monster's freaking huge. And it sits there, and you just see like the top of its head. And it's literally just eating like nuclear like missiles out of the thing because it's getting its food source. And then it wasn't until like somebody like looked up. It finally looked over. It was like, oh, hey, guys. And then just goes like, <laughs> ape shit. It was yeah. for a bit. It was just like, I'm just going to eat my food hang out for a bit, so then this thing goes basically on a and, rampage. And they start scrambling jets um, yes. all, all around the Honolulu International Airport, which is where Ford's character is. Yeah, and, he's basically uh, on that bullet train. Yeah, he's, he's on the airport train because he um, gets caught up with this kid. Kid gets separated from his parents, so he says, hey, I'll take care of you. Hope you don't you know, hope I don't miss my flight. Yeah, so yeah. He's, he's just like, going around the entire yeah. airport around. <laughs> yeah, he's like, all right, I'll have to go back around. He's like, this better. He's like, you better not make me lose, miss my flight, kid. And then basically they're on, and then all of a sudden, again, all the lights go out, and already you can see the look on his face going like, oh no. But then he was like, yeah. hey, don't worry, ten minutes, uh, the lights will come back on, we'll be good to go, we'll be good to go. Yeah, because that because that Mudo unleashed another EMP burst when he was fighting all of the uh, all of the military, and yeah. that was amazing because. As soon as that EMP burst hit those jets that scrambled out, lost control, oh, huge yeah. explosion. Like I thought that was fantastic. It was literally like, these guys like, hey, we got a lock on it, and then all of a sudden it's like everything's out, and you just see the jets just like spinning down and like people ejecting. And then what I like about it is like, so while this is going on in the jungle, basically, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. No one else is gonna say it. But right. I'm gonna say, it. welcome to the jungle. <laughs> um, Basically, this huge battle is going on with the jungle. All of a sudden, it, uh, over in Hawaii, like way off, like we're in the pretty much, I would say, like the tourist area, like the hotel. Uh, yeah, area, because the all this area. stuff is all this stuff's happening in like the little mountain area in the middle of the island. Yeah. So all yeah. of a sudden you see this going on. There's basically kind of like a luau going on because they do that <laughs> in Hawaii. And all of a sudden, this little girl looks over and she can see just the tide is just. Going away, it's, just all these fishes, like it's just, just. And the dad sees it, and he's already off the bat. Everyone's like, "Oh, it's a typhoon. It's yeah. a, no, it's a tsunami." The tsunami. A tsunami. Uh, grabs the girl, and they start taking off. And then you just see just water just and, rushing. And I thought they did um, a great job be, with those effects because of the Japanese tsunami and yes. and what happened there. And all it was the same imagery. They used the same like rushing streets and the water, and uh, so I thought, I I thought it was very realistic because obviously they studied all the video and stuff that happened from the yeah, Japanese they, tsunami. Yeah, 
Yeah, they did a good job on, like, that was just, like, phenomenal. So, basically, people are running, they're getting out of the way, all the stuff is going on, and then, um, all of a sudden, you see, like, everyone gets onto the roof, uh, military's already there, like, on the roof, they're basically gearing up for, uh, this mucho creature they think is coming, but in fact, all of a sudden, they shoot these flares up, because all the lights go out, and all of a sudden, all you see is these flares going up, and you just see this scaly body. Like, you don't even, you just see bits and pieces of it, nothing major, nothing yet. So, basically, that's your, like, very first glimpse of, like, Godzilla's body. And, and at this point, it's an hour into the movie. <laughs> yeah, it's an hour into the movie. But I will say this. The build-up to the, the first yes. reveal, which we're getting to right now, I think is worth it. It um, is. Then, of course, the lights come back on. Uh, the train starts moving again. And all of a sudden, you see the Muto is on in the airport. It's decimating things, it's breaking the bridge, and they're like, holy shit. So basically, planes are coming at it, it's knocking things down, like, everything's just getting destroyed, and they did, a, I think, a beautiful shot. It's, you're in the airport, and you just see the Mudo, like, breaking things, things are getting destroyed, and all of a sudden, you see this guy trying to get rid of, like, a jet, like, he's trying to unhook this jet, and all this water starts flowing in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And literally, everybody in the audience, you all got these goosebumps. Coolest scene in the movie, I feel, he... Mudo's crashing things, things like that. All of a sudden, you look over after all this explosion. They did a beautiful explosion pan, like everything's falling. Yes. All of a sudden, all you see is a foot, boom. And the other foot come down, boom. And you see a little bit of the tail. And then all of a sudden, it looks over to the Muto creature. And this is what I thought was just like, this is when yeah. I realized this is the god of all monsters right now. This is why he is called the king of all monsters. Mudo looks at this thing and screams. It pans yes. over. You see Godzilla in his full figure form. He literally does this kind of like back thing where like he adjusts <laughs> his back and like literally cocks his head at this thing like literally gives him this look. Like you have to look at it. He literally <laughs> gives this monster this look like, really? And then he just does the famous roar. And you're just like, oh, oh it is on like oh I just remember that. <laughs> and, and 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 then there's just a little bit of the fight. And then they cut off, and they cut away to uh, Ford's son yes. watching TV, and and you know his mom's telling, him, "Oh, get off the TV! You gotta go to bed! You gotta go to bed!" And, and he's like, "Mommy, dinosaurs!" Yeah. Now I would say that this is the first fight scene you see in the movie between the two monsters, and to be honest with you, I thought it was the f- greatest way to do it. Because you have the kid on the bed, like the couch, he kind of wakes up, and you just literally see Godzilla and this monster just going at it, like on the news. And, and you, you, yeah, you just see brief, brief shots of it. Like this thing flying on his back, he like throws it over, like does all this kind of stuff, and then literally the mom's like, you got it, and you're just sitting there like, oh my god, that was awesome, like, <laughs> I want more, you know, I want more. Uh, but I thought it was beautifully done, I laughed my ass off, because I was like, that was brilliant, that was like the yeah. smartest thing you could ever do like it was it was fantastic because it gave you what you needed it gave you that little fix because it gave you that fix because guess what kids um hence my reason why you could shave 30 minutes off this movie um then all of a sudden it's morning (laughs) in hawaii and everything's after the the devastation yeah after the devastation everyone's like okay and they're like it's on the move again and you're like okay so buckle up, kids, for a little bit of more uh, bonding with the humans, uh, more controversial with uh, the military and uh, the head uh, people of uh, Monarch, basically. They've been butting heads since, uh, the, since he got on his boat, basically. Right. Um, the head Navy guy. 
Um, then they start talking about like uh, then they start trying to figure things out because they're going like, well, why would he call out to this thing if he was going to kill it? And then he's like, well, maybe he was calling to someone else. Then you find out. Yeah. So the 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 other pod that was from the Philippines 15 years ago, they said, well, where did they take that? And he's like, well, where do you take all things that you want, you know, radioactive to be, you know, shut down? Yeah. And they basically took that second Muto pod uh, from the Philippines, they took it to the Yucca Mountain Nuclear Waste Repository. Yes. Which it, which was dumb because it's been feeding off all that radiation for the past 15 years. Yeah, which also, as soon as they said it, it was like, well, the Americans took it to Nevada, and I'm all like, yeah, of course, we have to step in. What do we do? <laughs> we fuck it up. <laughs> So yeah, they they uh, send they send a advanced team out there. Yeah. Now this comes this comes another what the fuck moment. Um, <laughs> okay. They're basically raiding the mountain. They go into the facility. They're opening every door, every door, and finally one guy opens the thing, and there's a huge light bursting through. And the guy opens the door, and he realizes, oh, this is probably where it was at. And there's a huge gaping hole in the containment where this thing was. And pretty much backs outside of the entire mountain. The, the backside of the mountain, yeah. And I was like, couldn't you have just taken a helicopter and just gone around? <laughs> I'm like, really? That's what I thought. Yeah, did they need to send a whole team in just to open some doors? Like, so put a door, they're like, oh, this wasted a lot of time. <laughs> uh, so then you find out that there's another Mudo. And this one is a female. And much larger. And a lot bigger. Like, freaking huge. Yeah. Um, so this thing is rampaging towards uh, pretty Las much uh, Vegas. Las Vegas, which again comes my second what the fuck moment. But then I did justify the what the fuck moment. Okay. It's, it's barreling through, and then you see everybody in the casino like, "Yeah, this is fun. This is great." And then Matthew, uh, Matthew Renfrew, who's next to me, <laughs> is all like, "Wouldn't they hear any of this stuff?" I'm like, "Well, they are at a casino. There's no windows or anything." So <laughs> that, yeah, that's true. They wouldn't. They wouldn't know what's coming. And then all of a sudden, sure enough, as soon as they said that, the thing breaks down, smashes <laughs> the entire like area. So then that thing basically is just barreling through uh, Nevada. Basically, it's trying to meet up with its mate because apparently they want to breed. They want to get it on. They've been, they've been, they've been. In, I mean, okay. First off, they're fifty-year-old kids. <laughs> All that's on their brain right now is sex. <laughs> and and that's the thing. Like, um, so they finally realize that the echolocation. It wasn't Godzilla talking to his prey because they're like, why would a predator call out to its prey? Yes. And they realize it's these two creatures talking together because they're. Mating, basically. Yeah, it's a mating, mating call. It's a mating call. I think it was like... <laughs> I was like, hey, baby, I got some bubbly in a hot tub. My mom's out of town. And we're in Vegas, so... <laughs> yeah, and they're in Vegas. So this thing, basically, what I love is like... So Godzilla is basically going after the flying Mudo. This is how I basically... This aerial Mudo... Actually, no. What did I, what I, come up with, I came up with bitch Mudo and, uh, <laughs> and flying Mudo. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> bitch Mudo. Um, oh, it's, it's, that's a bitch, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so the military, their big plan, their big plan, yeah. is to kill all three monsters with probably one of their biggest nukes. Yeah, their biggest nukes. Um, even though uh, 
the head guy uh, was all like, no, you should let them fight. Godzilla's here to, you know, make the balance of everything. They're like, I'm not leaving my job out to a damn lizard, boy. That's all I thought. Me and America, I was just like, dude, America, how often would you get the chance to see a giant monster fight another giant monster? And you want to destroy this with your stupid military stuff? No, let them fight. (laughs) Yeah, even though all the nuclear bombs didn't, you know, destroy Godzilla back then, but then they make the point, well, our nuclear weapons are a lot stronger now. Yeah, they, they do that thing. It was like, well, this isn't like the little toys we had. Like, it's like the ones you had back there was like a firecracker to Godzilla. This one was like Oprah Winfrey, you know? Like, you get a nuke, he gets a nuke, he gets a nuke. It's a huge nuke, okay? Um, so, yeah, so that's their plan. But, of course, they bring up the point going like, well, what about the EMP? Like, wouldn't that destroy us? Like, no, we got to do this analog thing. But, of course, who's the only one that knows how to operate an analog thing? It's that guy. <laughs> it's Ford. So basically, Ford is trying to get his ass back to San Francisco. And, and this, train, this train is going back to San Francisco with the two big warheads. Which just so happens to be also a piece from a Simpsons episode where Homer was trucking. And he's like, we need to get back to Springfield. He's like, well, how are we going to do that, Dad? And he's all like, we're making this napalm to Springfield. And Homer's <laughs> like, thank you, God, and then hops on the train. So... <laughs> I didn't realize that. <laughs> but yeah, the military's big plan is to have all these monsters basically converge on San Francisco. Yeah, and then we're planning on putting the bomb into a boat and then sending it. Basically, again, legendary pictures, Warner Brothers. Let's put a let's take this out to sea with a nuclear warhead. I, wasn't there another movie that did that a couple of years ago? Yeah, Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So yeah, so that's their plan. So they go ahead and uh, basically, so they have to get to San Francisco. While they're trying to get yes. to San Francisco, they run into basically the Mama Muta, uh, Muto, Bitch Muto, and she's uh, just kind of chilling because all of a sudden everything goes out again, and then they're like, "We have to check the bridge. Make sure the bridge is okay," and everything like that. And of oh, course, one of the best like frightening sequences in this whole film, I thought was when they're out in the bridge, it's all kind of foggy, and then all of a sudden you've got this thing like looming over the bridge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was so well done. Holy shit. Um, yeah, so uh, Ford and his guy are on the tracks, yeah. and the other two team members are on the bottom of the bridge. They climb down to inspect the struts and everything. Mm-hmm. And the river that's flowing through it um, is just littered with all this burning wreckage, military yeah. wreckage. Yeah, because basically on the train when it was heading over, you look over and you can see like a bunch of explosions are happening, some fires going, so like, all right, let's make sure the tracks are clean, everything like that. So yeah, so there's all this debris just in this thing. So this Mudo thing is just kind of like trucking, like, la, 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 hey, it's fun, guys, <laughs> uh, kind of thing. And then basically like it attacks a train um, and steals basically one of the nuclear warheads and, and yeah, like, the yeah the other one drops into the river, but yes. it takes one of those. It takes one of the nuclear warheads. It's like I'm a, I need a snack, you know. Um, so it takes <laughs> off, and then basically, of course, everybody I, I'm guessing in his military group died except for Ford. He fell into the water. He, yeah, like, uh, one guy had to run from a flaming train. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what happened to him. I think he's he's gone. He's dead. We're just gonna say he's dead. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
But yeah, so a recovery team comes to pick up the other warhead that the Mamamudo missed. Yes. And that's where Ford uh, reconnects with them. Yeah, he reconnects with them, and then he basically tells them, I need to be on this team. I'm the only one who knows how to do this analog stuff. If something goes wrong, yada, yada, yada. Kind of his whole backstory with, like, I'm in the bomb business. I'm the bomb. It's like, we get it, Ford. 30 minutes of this movie could have been cut out, okay? I'm just saying, Ford. Did not care about you and your family. Uh, yeah. Of course, yeah, yeah. Then there's that stuff that's going on back and forth with the, with the, with the wife and the kid, and like, I, I don't care. Okay, she works at the hospital. I think we figured that out when she was wearing scrubs. <laughs> you know, my biggest what the fuck moment in this movie was, and I know we're gonna get to the final battle later. Yeah. But it seemed like she was always in the wrong place. Like she was always where Godzilla was. No matter yes. where she was. It was like, ah, uh, and she became the screaming face. I think it was like four or five times they cut to her like looking at a monster or Godzilla and then running. And I was like, I don't care. I don't want to yeah. see her anymore. So while all this crap is going on, uh, basically they're trying to evacuate the town. She actually sends her son off. She's like, we need to. I was like, I'm going to wait for Ford. He's going to be coming here. I'm going to wait for him. You'll be safe. Get you on the short bus. Let's go. You know, every kind of thing. So they're taking off and everything. Then they're on the bridge. And, of course, they're on the bridge. And Godzilla, he's coming up. And, oh. of course, what I love is the military tells them, don't shoot. <laughs> don't shoot. Godzilla yes. comes up ab about uh, under about three boats. And they're just getting pushed off the side. Like They're just going to roll off his back. Yep. He's going to roll off his back. But, of course, what happens? One guy starts to shooting. flip out and shoot at him. So he gets up, and they all start shooting at him. Now, the cool part that I like that a lot of people, they might not realize, Godzilla gets up, and, of course, they're shooting, and there's everybody on the bridge trying to evacuate, and Godzilla literally gets up at the right time to block, like, three fucking missiles to not decimate this bridge. Yeah, you... that's the thing. He was holding on to the bridge. He wasn't going to rip it off. Yeah, no. He, he actually, that's... Yeah, a lot of people didn't catch that. Like because the one military guy on the bridge is like, "Stop! Don't fire! Don't fire yeah. in this direction!" Yeah, and we have civilians on the bridge. And Godzilla grabs the side of the Golden Gate Bridge and uses it as a prop to hold himself up against the blast. Yeah, against he, the missiles. He protected those people. Yeah, that's what I was like. He just protected those people. So I'm all like, okay, again, why are we trying to fight this thing? Okay, he... Again, what's the name of the movie, assholes? It's Godzilla. <laughs> yeah. So, get, off his, get off his big, <laughs> leathery dick, for crying out loud. Let the man do his job. So they have this nuclear warhead in the middle of the ocean, and the... Uh, winged Mudo, in one of the coolest sequences, goes straight up into the air, flies right down, and catches the boat, like, brings the whole boat under with the missile, oh, yeah. and then flies straight up. And that was awesome. That so, was cool, yeah. <laughs> and, and just basically came out with, like, hey, I got my missile. We're good. And then now setting up to one of the probably like it's building up basically to this final huge fight sequence, which I think is awesome. So, of course, Godzilla and the Flying Mudo get into a little bit of confrontation. Right. Um, again, right when they're about to go at it, doors close and we focus on Screaming Lady, which I'm like, don't care. <laughs> uh, but then he did the coolest thing ever. Basically, they come up with this plan going like, okay, we need to disarm this bomb now, obviously, because we armed it and it took it. And now the entire city is in danger because we are dumb. And we right. should just... Uh, what, did you, what did you say before, Japanese guy over there? I said, let them fight. <laughs> um, 
So they're like, yeah, we're going to go with that plan, but we need to disarm this bomb first. So they get a crew again in. They're going to go in, and they basically, basically kind of tells them, okay, if you fail, you're not coming back. Right. You're basically screwed. Okay, if, if the giant monsters don't kill you, <laughs> the bomb's probably going to. So this is basically kind of like a one-way ticket, so do you really want to do this? So this is basically the first thing we ever saw of a Godzilla trailer of them jumping out of that plane. Yes. And falling down, passing through Godzilla and this thing. So Godzilla already is doing like this kind of like uh, fight thing a little bit, but the coolest part happens where... Wait, wait, um, one thing. Um, did you notice that in the trailer... When the doors are closing in the trailer, it's Godzilla roaring at the doors. But in the movie, it's they change the effect shots because it's Godzilla fighting the Muto when those doors close. Well, I think that? because in the, well, that was their first teaser trailer because I don't think they really wanted to say like because we didn't even know there was going to be another monster. Like, there was right. all these speculations. We didn't literally we didn't know there was going to be a definite exact much there was going to be another monster until that trailer got, that little piece got leaked. From, yeah, with uh, its face Wonderful. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So, so I was like, okay. I thought I thought that was pretty interesting because when I was watching the movie, and I saw those door close. I'm like, that's not the same shot that no, was in yeah, the trailer. That's what I, was like, I was like, oh, they they probably had to change that because they're like, well, we don't want to show them the other monster yet. <laughs> um, but what the cool part is is what I really liked is uh, now a lot of people might have not have caught this. Now Godzilla does not did not destroy a pagoda. That's his tradition. In most uh, Japanese films, he destroys one of those huge Japanese buildings. Um, instead, right. one of the Mutos did. Yes. In Chinatown. If no one caught that, you'll see the Muto, the flying one, will land on one of the buildings. I busted a laugh. Like, I think it was the only one in the theater that busted a laugh. And I was like, ah! And a lot of people <laughs> were just like, shut up. Um, <laughs> but apparently, their final showdown takes place in like a Chinatown. It, yeah, it does. Which I thought was really cool. So the two uh, Mutos basically hook up. Uh, the one starts basically digging a, uh, basically joined a layer egg. So she's, it's basically almost like a turtle where she's like burying them. Um, yeah. So she's doing that thing. The other Moodle gives her her little like pocket rocket, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, and then she's like holding it with her second set of arms, like yeah. close to the babies. And she starts laying these eggs basically. Yeah, and I guess this was going to be a food source for them, which we'll uh, we find out later, a little bit later into the film before uh, they get to all that stuff. Uh, but again, Godzilla shows up, which I thought was really kind of cool. He does this kind of thing where like his tail flips around; it's all dusty and everything like that. And then he just kind of comes out of the uh, smoke and he does this roar, but he lets it like go. Oh, like, oh my is, god! It's like he he puffs up his chest and he's just like he roars, but he just keeps it going for like. It's a Bellowing, and I love that shot because you see the Chinese lanterns, and yes. he's and he's right above the lanterns, and his roar is so intense that after uh, ten seconds, the the lanterns just burst from the force of the of his roar. Yeah. And it was it, an incredible it's a, shot. It's incredible. So basically, so we got the military team. Basically, they're like, "We're gonna go get the missile. We gotta go get the missile." So by the way, now, now again, we only thought Godzilla was gonna be fighting one monster. He right. takes on two monsters in this movie. Now, don't get me wrong; he's doing pretty well against one. Like that flying one was kind of a dick to him. <laughs> but, uh, and then the <laughs> other one joins in. He's getting his ass kicked. And he gets his ass beat like hard. And even I was just like, 
I was, I literally, I got to that point where I'm like, this better not be one of those movies where you beat the shit out of Godzilla and the humans have to help him. I'm like, you better not pull that kind of crap. On me. But the battles are going good. Like Godzilla's throwing this monster in buildings. It like keeps jumping on him. Like what? That's what I liked about that flying one because it was a lot smaller than Godzilla. So it was always jumping on like his back, like biting him in the neck, trying to get the other way. And then like there's that part where he's just getting pummeled. Like literally, it was just like a like a schoolyard beatdown. <laughs> right. Both of the monsters are just wailing on him. Just and the only thing that saved him was basically Ford and the group yes. are down in the cavern and they're disarming the bomb. They're getting rid of it. So they're about to leave and uh, Ford looks over and he sees all these eggs basically that have been l- laid. And he's just and, like... Well, well, the thing is that they can't, they can't disarm the bomb. So their option is to get it out back to the original plan, get it on a boat. So his team is doing that, but he stays behind because he does notice all the eggs. Yeah, and he's just like, no, this isn't going to happen. So basically, I thought it was really kind of cool. It's like he sets a bunch of gasoline off. He just throws down like a match thing and just basically bolts out of there and just just incinerates yeah, that entire Yeah, area. there was like a couple fuel trucks, and he just like let all the gas out of it. And oh, man. And then, and then, But luckily, this is the only thing. It's like luckily he did that because literally it came to like Godzilla just getting pummeled. And as soon as that happened, the, the mom turns over just like, oh, no. Like what and, happened to my babies? And you can hear that that roar that she did, which was like, you could. I, I love the sound design in this film. Oh yeah, because, because her roar was like more of like a concern. It was like, like oh shit, like, and she starts trucking it because she knows her babies oh, yeah. are dying. And that's it's like crazy. She, and yeah, and then she gets down there, and even for a CGI character, you even see like her just like looking at everything, just all like just devastated, like, all my babies are gone, everything that, and then she's literally gets into that, like, okay, who did this? Who did this? Gets up and <laughs> looking around, and even, like, Ford is, like, he's just, like, decimated. He's just, like, ugh, like, I can't, I can't even do this anymore, you know? Like, he's trying to crawl away and everything, and all of a sudden you see her head pop up, and oh. he's just, like, oh, shit. And you see her doing this thing, and then I'm trying to remember if this happened before or after, but it, was this the part before Godzilla gets over there, like that flying one's just giving him shit, and he literally does that thing where he's like, I'm going to sidestep, and then he just nails that thing in the face with his tail into that building? Well, well, well the, the, the first thing is, yeah, yeah, he, um, yeah, he does that. He, this thing's like coming at him, and yeah, he does the sidestep, and he impales it with the spikes on his tail against the side of the building. Yeah, again, that because that was great because he was just like you could see the look on Godzilla's face. He was like, "I am done with this flying <laughs> motherfucker." Like I literally thought he was literally just grabbed by the wings, just rip off the wings and let that thing fall. And then when it looks up at him, like I can't do anything now. He's just like, "Yeah, that's what I thought." <laughs> um, but he knocks that thing into the freaking. Um, I think I think that's when it happens. It might not happen. That's what I'm trying to remember because I think all of a sudden the the mother Muto is about to basically kill Ford. And then all of a sudden, in the background, in the dust, you just see this light, and it starts <sighs> trucking up. Dude. And then, re- and then you realize, you're like, oh, shit. Now, oh, I knew exactly what was coming. I, I knew was- yeah. no, I, I knew exactly what was coming, too. It, as soon as I saw that blue glow, and it was the silhouette of his fins... I was like, oh, shit, this is about to happen. And me and the kids sitting behind me were like, yeah. And everyone else is kind of like, what? Yeah. And then then we get it. We get the huge payoff. Yeah, you get the huge payoff. Uh, Basically, his his tail lights up like it did in the original movie. Uh, This Mutu is about to destroy Ford, and all of a sudden he looks up, sees Godzilla, and he just opens his mouth and blasts the 
fuck out of this thing. Um, the atomic right the fire. The oh, atomic man. fire hits it right in the face and then even goes back. I'm going to hit you again and knocks it down. So this thing you think is pretty much out of commission. This thing is just boom. It's it's done or whatnot. So then, yeah, so I think then he's kind of like exhausted. Well, well, well no, the, the thing is after, after he does that, um, uh, Godzilla... Um, his attack causes this skyscraper to basically fall down on him. Yes. After after he blasts the uh, Mamamuto with the atomic fire. That's right. That's right. So oh, he's, yeah. he's he's just like ugh. And then what I thought was kind of a what the fuck moment. So Ford's right there as Godzilla falls. Yeah, and they kind of like share a stand. Yeah, they share a moment. <laughs> like, sharing... it's like, it was like a bromance for a little bit. Like they both looked at each other. Like even got like even like the CGI people are like I'm totally gonna make him do this. And Godzilla literally does like a head nod. Like yeah, sup. <laughs> yeah. And they just kind of it just kind of like and then like the whole smoke just kind of evolves him and then he like he disappears. You're like okay, so then right off the bat I'm like okay, is Godzilla dead? Is it over? Right. You know, stuff like that. But then you realize, okay, now we got to get back to the human part. So basically, Ford has to truck his ass all the way to his group because they which have already the put they've already put the bomb on the boat, and they're trying to get the boat going. Yeah, and then as soon as he starts trying to truck it over there, all of a sudden you realize Mama Muto isn't dead. Nope, she was just knocked out. So she now is trucking for the nuclear bomb because she's like, look, my husband's dead, my babies are dead. I'm going to eat this, get more powerful, and I'm going to just decimate everybody. I don't care anymore. So she's trucking it to this boat. Um, the military is doing their best to hold it off. Uh, Ford basically, uh, like, they basically, I think they get on the boat. Well, and then well um, Ford gets on the boat after, yeah. because Mama Mudo's taking care of the military around. That's right. Yeah, the round. And, and she starts eating him, and Ford's like, I got to get the fuck out of here. He puts it on autopilot, yes. and he's... He's completely exhausted. He's like bleeding from the ear, I think, and he's just yeah. he's in bad he, shape. He already knows he's done. And and, then, and that's the thing. I think the uh, the bomb has like five minutes to go off. Yeah, it's like it's and, really less oh, time. Well, well, before that, um, I, this is the coolest part of the movie. I don't know why we're not time out it. The Mama Mudo catches up with the boat and Ford, yes. and she's about to eat him, and yeah. then. Like that, yes. Well, that's what I love about it because it builds you up this whole thing where Ford's like, okay, I'm, I'm pretty much dead. And everything yeah. like that. And then all of a sudden you see the Mudo come over and she's just staring at him like, I'm going to eat this bomb. Then I'm going to eat you. Then I, I know your ca- wife and kids live. It's basically like a Terminator. <laughs> like, I'm going to kill your wife and I'm going to kill your child. It's like this thing's out for revenge. And then all of a sudden like he, he pulls out a gun and he's like, you know what? This isn't going to do anything. But I'm why not? <laughs> I don't care. And he literally is about to do it. And then all of a sudden you see the Muto and all of a sudden it just stops. And you hear this huge like, and yeah. you're like, oh, and then it pans up. You just see Godzilla biting its neck. Yes, comes <laughs> off. Oh my god! What I, liked, what I liked about this is like he grabs its face, and it's doing almost like I thought it was literally playing an homage to King Kong. Yes, I thought he was gonna rip open the jaw, rip open the jaw, and break it off. But instead, they do it one it's- step better. And it makes you think that Godzilla learned, like, he was, like, this thing knows it's intelligent or whatnot. Yeah. Best payoff ever. Opens his mouth. And, and we, get the, we get the best monster French kiss in the entire movie, in the entire <laughs> Godzilla franchise. Godzilla literally rips over this thing's mouth and just atomic fires its ass inside out because he just realized, I can't hurt you from the outside, so I'm going to hurt you from the inside. 
and just decimates this thing. It was beautiful. And then after that, rips its head completely off and is holding it like a trophy. Yeah, trophy, yeah, and just like is roaring and everything like that. And then what I like is like it goes back into the city and basically it just kind of passes it out. Like Godzilla just kind of like, he's just like... He right. wanders back down in the city, kind of just worn and torn, and you just seem kind of kill over. So now you're like, okay, is he dead? We don't know. It goes back to Ford going like, okay, well, the monster's gone. Well, I'm going to die now because the military's dumb. And then he gets saved at the last minute. A uh, helicopter finds him, pulls him up. Boat basically, again, end of Batman, Dark Knight <laughs> right. Rises, where Boat goes out in the middle of nowhere and there's an atomic blast. Yeah. Um, and then it cuts to the next day where he's recovering um, news reports all over the place. This is what I loved about the news reports now. If you didn't yes. see the tagline at the bottom, the king of the monsters, I thought was and great. Then, and, then, and then savior of the city? Yeah, savior <laughs> of the city and everything like that. And then what I like, though, is like everyone's like, they run over and you see the body of Godzilla. Now, already off the bat, you're like, oh, he's dead because all these seagulls are around him. It's right. like, okay, so they're just eating him and everything like that, and everyone's just like, kind of like, and you kind of see like everybody like, well, he saved us. Like, he's a hero. You know, he's, fuck Spider-Man too. He's better. Um, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see Spider-Man 2, so I can't judge. But uh, I'm, just going by rotten, I'm just going by Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't that bad as people are saying, but anyways. That. And then all of a sudden, like it, 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 his eye opened, and he looks back at the the Japanese well, guy. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, we get he like breathes first, and yeah, everyone's like, "Oh first. shit!" Oh, he's still alive. And then his eyes open. He looks directly at the Japanese guy, and like him and him are just like, "What's up, bro?" Kind of share another moment, and then Godzilla just kind of gets up, shakes off everything, and then just kind of you just see him wander back into the ocean, and then he does his final like roar, and just like dives in, and you're just all like, until like next time, you know, buddy. And uh, I thought that was awesome, just how they ended it, because like they kind of ended it where like, okay, they could just leave this as a standalone film, and this thing will come back if we need it. Right. But other than that, he's just like, whatever, bro. I gotta go hibernate again. He's like, don't don't shoot me, like. Could you not with the nuclear weapons? Could you not? Or the joke I made when he before he jumped back in the ocean, I was just like, "See you guys in another fifteen years." <laughs> All right, guys, it's been a blast. Yeah, it's been a blast, but I'm I, I'm tired, man. You guys, you frat kids, hard way too hard, bros. And I really liked the the movements that were. In all the monsters, yes. because they the movements conveyed that emotion. Because it's not like Godzilla can go, "Hey guys, how's it going? I'm really yeah. tired." Um, yeah. But it just looked like his final walk back into the ocean. He just looked beat down and tired. Like, yes. man, I am done with this shit. I'm done with you guys. Yeah, do do me a favor. Stop fucking with nature. <laughs> <laughs> Like, he's like, you guys have one job. One <laughs> Just job. one. But I will say this. like Everyone was asking me how the Godzilla movie was, and I said I liked it. I really liked it. It felt to me like a Godzilla film. Yeah. Uh, like I said, with the 1998 one, to me, I look at that. That's not a Godzilla film. It's a monster film, but it's not a Godzilla film. Uh, right. This one, I felt like it. It starts off with a Godzilla film. It builds up that tension. It's the first time you see Godzilla, it, it's the payoffs are great. Did we really need two hours long for this movie? I'm gonna say no. Um, they like I keep saying they could have shaved off 30 minutes of this movie. It still would have been fine, but a lot right. of the times where you kept showing us, like literally, ha- as soon as no offense, as soon as Brian Cranston was dead, I kind of lost. I like did not care about anybody anymore. I was like, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, that's the thing. Um, 
I think some of the human characters weren't interesting enough. Like, I I loved Ken Watanabe's character. I wish we got more of him. I mm. um and we didn't touch upon this, but uh, he was carrying this watch with him at all times. Oh, that's right. Yes, and he tells the, uh, the navy officer. The yeah, navy officer. He's like, my father was a Hiroshima survivor, and basically he's trying to take the position let nature do its course yes. we don't need to use the nuclear option again mm-hmm. and i thought that was a great way to tie that back to the original godzilla films which were a cautionary tale about nuclear testing and nuclear i, I mean yes. that was that, that was the japanese reason why they created the godzilla it was a social commentary on the dangers of nuclear weapons. Yeah, and actually, now I forgot. We totally forgot to talk about that. Yeah, that was a really good, significant part in how they delivered it and everything like that. So, um, yeah, it was really good. But like, like I said, with some of the stuff, like cutting back and forth between the mom, the kid, and stuff like that, I was just kind of like, you could literally have shaved thirty minutes of that stuff and still right. had an hour and like thirty minute movie, and it still would have been fine. Yeah, um, I personally, uh, even though that. Honolulu uh, International Airport. That was just a tease fight. Yeah. I honestly hope we get a director's cut that shows that entire fight in all its that's glory. What, that's what I'm wondering about. I'm wondering if the director's cut, when we finally get this Blu-ray thing coming, they're going to show us a bunch of more like things, added bonuses, all these different deleted scenes and stuff. Because there's so. Then what I liked about the fight scenes too, they didn't uh, try to go overboard with them. They literally kind of made it almost like guys in a rubber suit because they're like, look at Big O Godzilla is. He's a lizard. Yeah, he can do some movements, but he's not going to be like doing jump kicks in the air and backflips exactly. and stuff like that. So I'm glad they really did take the time to be like, okay, he's a huge, massive monster. He's going to have some fight to him, but he's not going to be like acrobatic or anything like that. So right. um, I'm glad they, I, they were smart enough to do that where they're not like, well, it's like CGI. We're going to make him fly now. <laughs> <laughs> like they well, did in the one movie where he jumped up in the air and he just blasted oh, the air out of his mouth. <laughs> Well, um, speaking of things that were cut, um, there was actually a cameo uh, by one of the stars of the original Godzilla, um, Akira uh, Takarada, who played oh, uh, the the diver in yes. in the original Godzilla, and he was also in eight of the sequels and spinoffs, um, but. I, his scene was cut from the movie. Uh, he was supposed to be a Japanese immigration officer. Mm. Um, and so the, the director, Gareth Edwards, um, obviously he was a huge Godzilla fan. He wanted as many Easter eggs and cameos in this as possible. But unfortunately, um, Akira's uh, part got cut. But I think that's going to be on an eventual... Director. I hope so. That's actually the thing I will say. The guy who actually directed it and everything that he was really he knew the source material. Like he, he really do, He really read it. He really understood it, and he was really like, "All right, let's let's give them the Godzilla." Like this is they, technically this is what we should have gotten back in 1998. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, and um, interestingly enough, um, Godzilla: Final Wars, which was in 2004. Yes. That was the big anniversary. That was the 50th anniversary of Godzilla. That's, that's right, yes. This is the 60th anniversary. And originally Toho said back in 2004 that Godzilla Final Wars 
what there were there, they said that they weren't going to make any Godzilla movies for the next 10 years. Mm. So now they gave permission and obviously we got this movie and apparently they really liked it. They liked our take. It wasn't anything like the 98. So this is I think this is the new Godzilla franchise right here. Uh, well, they've already geared up for a sequel. The only yep. thing I saw the Japanese people did not like about the new Godzilla was they said we kind of made him look fat. Yeah, they call him Big Fatty over there. They call him Big Fatty over there, but I'm all like, yeah, but Big Fatty knows how to roll. <laughs> and um, this is the largest incarnation yes. of Godzilla, too. The largest incarnation. So um, that wraps it up for us uh, talking about the movie. We'll have a little bit of some plugs to do. I know this is probably a really long podcast, but really don't care because I haven't talked about this much with Godzilla in, since the first episode. Um, <laughs> but what I, what we, I do want to touch upon is, um, of course, uh, uh, hopefully we don't have to wait too long for a sequel. Right. Hopefully we get the same director. Hopefully everyone's really keen on the source material. And who would you like to see him battle in the next one? And I hope they don't go overboard like they do with superhero movies where they're right. like, he battled two monsters in this one. Let's have him battle five. <laughs> yeah. Like, no. <laughs> no, let's um, not do that. Now, I guarantee it, Mothra is already gimme for me. Like, you got to do a Mothra story. Since you already did the Godzilla story, you can do a movie about telling her backstory because she's got a fucking weird backstory. So, right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, some of the monsters I would like to see is definitely King Ghidorah, his yes. greatest foe. But I'm like, if you're going to do a trilogy, end it with him because that's like his pretty much even match. Nemesis. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would like to see Mecha Godzilla. Yeah, I was going to say that. Because I, I could, I could see us, the Americans, the military, being like, I don't trust that thing out there. We're gonna build this huge mech, you know, warrior kind of thing. Um, what, what kind, about you? Kind of, well, I, I would like to see Mecha Godzilla maybe in a third one. Yeah. Um, maybe kind of like a Pacific Rim response to the these other creatures. But That'd let's let's idea. let's save that for like a last film. I don't want to see Mecha Godzilla and Godzilla Two. No, I don't want to see that either. I think that's way too soon. Um, like, I, I I would love to see Mothra. That's an obvious choice. Um, one of the ones I kind of want to see is um, uh, God, what's his name? Um, uh, Kamakuras, the big uh, mantis. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Thing. I I would kind of want to see that. Cool, yeah. I I like the bugs. I think bugs versus Godzilla. I think that's always been a good thing. Or even Rodan. Yeah, Rodan would be a cool one to see too. Which everyone thought was also going to be. She was in this too. The Rodan when they saw the flying thing. I'm like, that does not look like Rodan. And no. if, they, if they even try to say that's Rodan, I'm gonna I'm gonna set the screen on fire, and then pee on the ashes. And be <laughs> movie theater, and that's why I can't come back to AMC. Um, but yeah, no. They, I mean, they do have a lot of possibilities. I just hope they don't go overboard with the net because it's like you got a lot of good stuff going behind you right now. It's like already your movie right. just came out this weekend, and already they're like, let's do a sequel. Um, I don't know if anybody has gotten that right off the bat, like flying out of the gates. I mean, even Avatar, it did very well in the theaters, and people were like, it wasn't until James Cameron was like, after it got released, I guess for the eighth time on Blu-ray, he was like, <laughs> I, got a, I got like two more movies lined up for it. Like, live off of this, but I, knowing him, I don't think he was just like, oh yeah, I should probably do more, you know. Like, I don't even think it was a thought in his head. Like, I've I've never seen a movie like push that fast for a sequel like already. 
Um, right, and it just goes to show the studio's faith in this franchise. And yeah. I know the director, he originally said, he's like, I'm not thinking about sequels, I just want to make a great standalone story, and he did. Yeah, that's what he was even saying. He's like, he's like, look, I, I don't want to be like, there is going to be a sequel. He's like, I don't even know. He's like, it can be a sequel. There can be a franchise to this. But he's like, right now, I just want to make this a standalone film. I want you to be able to go out, pick this movie up, have no idea, not, not even know what Godzilla is. Sit down mm-hmm. and go, this is a good movie. Like, that's how he basically envisioned it, which I think was a great way to approach it. Because I'm like, there's, you got people like us who are huge Godzilla fans. Then you got people who are like, hey, I know of Godzilla. And then you got people who are little going like, I have, I have no idea what this huge giant lizard is. Uh, and if you can grab all those three people, throw them in a movie theater, and they all enjoyed it, I, you did your job. You know, and I think that's what happened. Because the movie theater I was at, I, there, there were some older people. There was this kid that I know has probably never seen a franchise, like Godzilla thing. And, and a diehard fan like me. And it worked for all three. So, yeah. I think it's I think it's hitting on all cylinders with the fans. Yeah, I, I think they did a great job because even me, like I know I was like I'm. It's me in the group of people who really don't know Godzilla <laughs> when like shit was happening. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. Like <laughs> just getting over uber excited for about this stuff. But um, I, I swear to God, the best moment of that film was when the tail was charging up, and me and the kid behind me are like, yeah, like we know what's coming. Up. Oh yeah, no, literally that happened. I go that, and I literally said, that's what you get, bitch. <laughs> Oh, uh, it's, yeah, it's but, great. But it's a good movie. If you haven't seen it yet and you listen to this podcast, again, we did warn you for spoilers. Um, I want to go see it again. I know I have a couple of other films that I want to see, like the Spider-Man that came out and then X-Men's coming out pretty soon. Yep. So, But uh, Godzilla, Godzilla definitely is going to be in my wheelhouse again to see. Um, I don't know if I would see it in 3D. I didn't no, see it in 3D. I, I didn't see it in 3D. I don't think there was anything worthy in this movie of 3D than maybe the fight scenes. But those are so far and few between in this movie. That's what I thought. Um, yeah. I would say maybe a lot of people, if you saw it in IMAX... Um, IMAX, there you go. Yeah, if you saw it in IMAX, let me know if it was good or not, because I, I'm if I go see it again, I'd probably go see it in IMAX then, if, it's, if, it's, if the experience in IMAX was fantastic. So, th- there you go. If uh, you want to hit me up on uh, Twitter at Stephen Mooney Jr., let me know about the IMAX, or hit us up on the Facebook page of... Uh, Basically, www.facebook slash uh, codename site Omega. Uh, give us a like. We're trying to get to 50 likes. That's just one of our little mini goals. Maybe if we get to 50, I will uh, not uh, not uh, do something. I, I got nothing. <laughs> I'll find I'll find uh, I'll find something of Godzilla I can give away or something like that. Um, also, cool. don't forget to follow us on at uh, site Omega on the Twitters and uh, Barry. Of course, uh, where can we find you, Eric? Uh, you pr- pretty much find me everywhere online at TrekkieB47. Uh, you can check out uh, Starfleet Escape Podcast at sfescapepod.com and also the Ranger Command Power Hour at rangercommand.com. Yeah, make sure you make sure you listen to all those, and don't forget to keep supporting the Four I Radio Network. And how you can support that? You go to the Sasquatch.net, click on the Amazon banner, and shop like you normally do. Guess what? All those Godzilla films now that we couldn't get before—they're all on Amazon, man. They're even in Blu-ray, and some of the ones are really good, like Godzilla's Final War. I mean, I think they even are releasing like a huge box collection of all of them put together. And even not even just giving it up for Godzilla. Check out the Gamera series. Even like oh, yeah. the old ones are kind of like. Okay, but when they revamped him, really good films. 
So oh, yeah. I mean, there's all there's all plenty, and even some of these uh even some of these monsters got their own spin. Mothra has their own set of films now. Uh, Rodan does. So there's a whole bunch of different things to check out there. Um, and maybe we'll get lucky, and hopefully in the near future we can get a Jet Jagger movie going. You know. <laughs> there you go, <laughs> Jet Jagger. Oh my god. Uh, hey, believe me, any Godzilla fan would probably die <laughs> laughing when I just said that. Uh, Jet Jaguar. Jesus. <laughs> Jet Jaguar. That's the movie I'm going to go see. <laughs> That's the movie. I'm going to kickstart that movie. Uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, God. That'd be like a horrible movie. Uh, uh, but yeah, I think uh, I think that wraps it up. Uh, thank you for uh, being a guest on uh, the, uh, uh, Codename Site Omega. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Oh, anytime, man. You're welcome back anytime. The door's cool. always open. Or the Skype's always, or the Google Hang, whatever we did. Uh, yeah, whatever we did. <laughs> whatever we did is always open. So, uh, yeah, so um, I don't think I have a closer yet for um, Godzilla. I need to sign off. Uh, I think I'll go with... Uh, Just do his roar. Just have the roar. Oh, well, I have that at the end of the music <laughs> that I attack on, but I'll just be like, I'll just say, don't fuck with the King of the Monsters. All right. <laughs> All right, I'm going to stop broadcast. All right, cool. This has been another fine production of the 4i Radio Network. For more great shows, check out www.4iradio.com.